Welcome to Happy Times and Places, a positively inclined Doctor Who commentary podcast in which I, Toby Haydock, ask a special guest to nominate a story for me to commentate through, dropping in facts and observations and hopefully a bit of fun, and I also have to guess what their favourite thing about each episode of the story is. Hi there, uh, this is Annie Wallace here. I play uh, Sally Sinclair on Channel 4's Hollyoaks. So... When Toby asked me which story would I like to talk about, I had a big think, and I have chosen Planet of the Spiders. Well, hello everybody, and uh, excuse me while I just play in the last seven minutes of the previous episode of this podcast, interspersed with a few bits you haven't heard before. No, but um, this will be interesting uh, I, 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 yeah, interesting alert. But by the way, uh, non-regular listeners, if I say interesting, it's it means I'm about to say something not very interesting, or I, I'm being so uninteresting. I've used the word interesting, which I think is the podcasting equivalent of the word nice. Uh, it's a it's a sort of fairly unambitious and actually rather flabby and horrible word to use to that actually works against what I'm trying to say. And it's usually me, you, you know, plucking that word from my subconscious whilst trying to throw my brain forward for something <clears throat> interesting to say. It uh, doesn't always work, as this probably attests. However, I have brought with me, because um, the early episodes of this podcast went out before I'd recorded my thoughts on the whole story, uh, I've got some feedback from the patrons. You have patrons, Toby. I do. They stop these podcasts from having adverts in them. Men, are you skinny? Um, no. So, um, and also, uh, they get their releases several months before mere mortals who go to iTunes and Spotify and all of those places. Um, but um, so, f- first of all, I need to say that yes if you listen to episode two and want to say to me a mini moke is the vehicle used in the novel of the sea devils and also in the tv series the prisoner i know thank you andrew llewellyn and john deere were among those pointing such things out obviously in the sea devils in the tv version they were they were citrons weren't they um uh, but mini moke which I think I'd mused maybe was the word for the gyrocopter, but no, a minimoke is a is a small land vehicle. But it was Pertwee, it was transport. I don't even drive. I'm accepting. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm making no excuses. Other people who have uh, spoken to me uh, on on various subjects to do with this episode, uh, James Gould, because uh, I said I thought the Hoomobile was called the Wombile. Uh, James Gould says, I always thought it was the WHO mobile, uh, but I think James's tongue might be firmly in his cheek there. Frank Shales, his school friend Jeremy, used to call it the Wombile too, so I'm not alone. Um, uh, well, yeah, uh, I, I, when I originally read that, I thought Frank was saying, I, I, I too am a Wombile person. No, it's his friend. It's his friend Jeremy. I mean, I don't even, you know, is Jeremy a fan? If if so, he's got an excuse. I'm not sure what mine is. Uh, and also uh, had what did, what did David Gillespie and I had a bit of back and forth 
Oh, oh, just about whether we were talking about because we're referring to episode two as the chase because it's the chase, but it's not the chase, you know, the Doc Two story, nor is it the the chase, the uh, the TV quiz show, uh, or as David pointed out, there's a BBC drama called The Chase. Oh, is that the one with Reese Dinsdale? And it was a sort of family thing, wasn't it? I think it was filmed up here. Pookie Cannell was in it as well. I think. God, was that two thousand and six? Getting old. Uh, and also not the chase. The episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, which has stots from the caves of Androzani in it. So that gets even more confusing. Anyway, um, God, so that's the quality of chitter chatter. Just about one episode uh, of Planet of the Spiders on my Patreon page. And it's the patrons who uh, allow these things to be oh, not punctuated by low quality adverts so that the the off the cuff dynamic commentary you hear now is is unsullied by commercialism uh who's 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 to say it might not be improved by but anyway let's not get into that so we have episode six of planet of the spiders coming right up uh britbox's menu has just lost it for me what's tropo i don't know what uh it, it jumped right here we go so i am going to not watch tropo whatever that is I've got Doctor Who back. Here's a note, by the way, Britbox. Even bad DVDs have menus so that you know what's on the DVD. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you don't seem to have... You, you have a... You have a... You don't have everything listed on your title. Title. But this isn't an advert for Britbox. This is an advert for what Britbox should be doing. To, to I mean, to cover the basics. It's, it's, it's like having a train service and you don't run any... Oh, hang on. We've got one of those. The world's going to hell in a handcart. I've become one of those people. I might have to write an angry letter to points of view at this rate. I might have to, I'm, so, I'm so furious. I might, have to, I might have to move to Milton Keynes just to write my letters. Uh, it's Toby from the future here. I was right about Reese Dinsdale uh, being in the 2006 series of Chase, but not Pookie Canal. She must have been in something else. Well, she's been in loads of other things, but Gaina Faye... Nicholas Stevenson, lots of other people in the 2006 series The Chase, which I don't think anyone's going to rush off and watch, but as I had a little bit of surgery to do to this episode before putting it out, I thought I'd jump in and make that correction, but mostly it's because I want to make space for uh, another listener correspondence uh, that I missed out, Um, and as I was uh, doing those before episode 6, it seems only fair that I give Joe Llewellyn his shout, because Joe, who's a great correspondent, over on Patreonville, and it's always nice to get uh, uh, some input from across the pond because Joe is an American gentleman. Joe says, this is a new one for me. I really don't know too much about it, except there's a chase and put, but not the chase with Reese Dinsdale and not Pookie Canal. He didn't put that. That's that's in brackets with Ed after it. Um, the chase and Pertwee regenerates at the end, and Roger Delgado's widow voiced the spider. That's quite correct. I'm liking it so far. I like Mike Yates's hair, and I love his car from last episode. It's a good car, isn't it? Not to mention the driving gloves. Uh, I don't mind Mike growing out his hair since he is out of the military. Because of... Sh- oh, yes. J- well, Joe will explain. Because of scheduling this summer, I went two months without putting on the uniform, and I had quite the beard and head of hair until I had to shave. Uh... I grew up on 70s TV with CSO effects in shows like Land of the Ju- Land of the Lost and Shazam forward slash Isis Hour. So I have no problem with CSO. Thanks for Joe. Yes, Joe um, 
has been a patron since day dot and sometimes uh, we do stories that he's not had before so I think he'd had an idea to watch stories in a particular order he was saving some and I've ruined that by doing them for happy times and places and so he has to do them then uh, but he's a game uh, a, 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 a participant in the process and always has uh, an interesting perspective so I thought and it's always a joy to hear from him so I thought I'd mention Joe anyway um a correction and an addition, and now we'll go back to then when I was about to watch Planet of the Spiders episode six. Right, we are going to watch episode six of Planet of the Spiders because this is an exercise in watching something and seeing the positives in it. And this episode which I watched first of Planet of the Spiders because I was collecting the, all the orphan episodes and then some of the black and white ones. But I had space for one episode uh, after some of the black and white ones that I'd claimed that I needed. So because you've got seven episodes on a tape, whatever it, whatever it was that, uh, that had space for one episode left right at the end. So I asked for Planet of the Spiders episode six. So it was my first Pertwee bootleg and my goodness, it was a disappointment. But I've now come to it with the first five episodes leading up and I and also I've grown up a bit and this exercise has always made me uh, enjoy something a bit more than I have on previous occasions so let's hope I'm not going to turn the air blue uh, but uh, instead I will be green with envy for those who watched this when it went out first time uh, which I could have done and might well have done but I would have been uh, six months and a week old, so uh, probably wouldn't really have registered. I'm going to watch from the beginning. Don't know about you, and I'm going to press watch from the beginning in three, two, one. Rather, oh, it started now. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, that opening where I think I, I was not perhaps as cogent as I sometimes am. It's quite late, uh, but I felt I was in the mood to watch. And finish off Planet of the Spiders uh, to try and get uh, back onto schedule because uh, some of these are going out close to live uh, for the patrons. Uh, so, uh, who did I remind you? Are six months ahead. So, ah, now, of course, I had, I had got in the back of my head, even though I know that this starts here. It starts with the shot of Campo Rinpoche. Um, uh, was that I had thought because it would originally have been part of uh yeah it would have been part of episode six originally uh is i i kind of yeah so i miscalculated tom is lying when she says you know you're just like everybody else and he says i sincerely hope not would have been in this episode but of course it's not even though it should have been originally had uh, the story not had the domino effect of episode three under running mean that it's all been rather messed about with. So I've not been able to choose that line of Tommy's, which is, I think, probably my favourite thing about the story. I think it's lovely. Um, I have already chosen Tommy, though. Um, I was hoping to choose the great one for this episode, but I can't because Annie chose that for an episode you didn't see the great one in. So that's not my fault. It's Annie's fault, but I can't be rude about my guest so um uh, <laughs> uh i'm just checking that i'm filming this which i am uh 
for if this ever goes out on YouTube. Um, this, so this is Pertwee's last episode, and I love the fact that it ties back in with uh, uh, the, the Time Monster, and he talks about, you know, the wise old hermit. And, of course, he and Joe are in the cell that they are held in with King Dalios, uh, who is played by George Cormac, because... Uh, uh, so this this sequence was not in the last episode, um, but it gives a, it's a nice bit for Terence Lodge, who is uh, a, an, another actor who's given great service to the Pertwee era by being Orem in Carnival of Monsters. In fact, three of these four, because Andrew Stain's the one now talking, the bald man um, with the moustache, uh, is also in Carnival of Monsters, and he's Googe in the lunchbox in Terror of the Autons. But this land, uh, Carl Forgione, is the only one that doesn't... Uh, have a connection with the previous poet we were in. In fact, when I first got this, he was like, I don't know this guy because he's not in any other Doctor Who's. And I'd not seen him in anything else, or I, at least I thought I had. He's not a, an actor who'd registered with me. But then, of course, he subsequently returned to Doctor Who to play Nimrod in Ghostlight. Uh, and it was like, oh, good, now that means all of those these four baddies in Planet of the Spiders all have connections to other Doctor Who stories. Uh, even if Carl Forgione is, unlike a lot of people in this story, somebody who has given service to the Pertwee era, and so his casting is, you know, uh, is not, so it's so it's almost like he's a throw forward. But then, but as I say, he's he's not an actor that I knew. But then after Ghostlight, he 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 had quite he had quite some quite good appearances. He was a, and he was a sort of semi regular for some of the sort of comedy performers uh, of of the day when I was at university. So he was in the you know the day to day and things like that, and the Alan Partridges. Um, and then he, he he sadly died relatively relatively young, but he had a, a late blossoming of his career, particularly as a sort of comedy character actor. Uh, but the first you know, but the first time I saw him was in this. I love that image of uh, Sarah with the spider on her back, uh, and and I love I love Sarah. I, I hope I'm not going to choose Sarah's stripy costume as my favourite thing about this episode. But I do love Sarah's stripy costume. I love. Uh, I think it's partially because it's on the it's on the Target book cover. Um, that image of the spider on the back is a very striking one. It's interesting. I haven't. I haven't don't say interesting. Um, somebody on the Patreon, but it's on one of the other episodes. So apologies to whoever it was. Um, point talked about um, you know arachnophobia and being scared of spiders. And of course, this is this is very much. Uh, tapping into that having had the creepiness of the maggots you know like, like and I, I always think Stephen Moffat is very good at you know cracking the wall gas mask statues things from every day that can be creepy and I think he sort of takes his cue from the Pertwee era but that that th th those things that they choose are more from the natural world and they play into our primal fears of certain creatures um, uh, and you know spiders are of course something that people are very scared of Uh and so it's it's you know it's it's a very economical way of providing a fright because you're tapping into something that a lot of your audience are already scared of or or, or if uh, my correspondence or anything to go by uh, things that people weren't scared of until they watched Planet of the Spiders. So Barry Letts has a lot to be responsible for. Um, obviously, we talk of Barry Letts with this story, but the writer credited is Robert Sloman. But uh, we know now that Sloman and Letts sort of wrote together. Oh, she's lovely, isn't she? Such a good actress. Um, she does all this sort of sci-fi stuff well. Um, 
and uh, yeah, so I, and I, I have to say, I've never. I mean, I'm, I'm not a great fan of a creepy crawly, and sometimes in the night you can, you know, you can imagine a spider crawling on you. That's pretty grim. Um, and I remember there's, is it the film The Blue Lagoon and uh, the Brooke Shields one on a desert island? Doesn't I think Leo McKern has a spider crawl out of his mouth when he's when he's dead? Uh, that's, oh, that's stuck in my mind. But I'm I'm not. I've, I've my ex flatmate Mark, mate of mine, is was so scared of spiders and he would kill them which i don't like so i would in the end i said well look if you're scared let me rescue them and take them out um uh and uh uh but 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 for me it's uh, jaws did it for me sharks i still i mean i could i could swim in a landlocked lake i could i mean even in a swimming pool uh, and uh, there's still a part of me that worries that uh, jaws might come up and chomp on me. And I've, I mean, as a, as a youngster, I, uh, you know, absolute tears of terror swimming, uh, swimming in the sea, worried that a shark would kill me. And that hasn't quite gone away, if I'm honest. So I would never mock uh, anybody who is arachnophobic, either as a result of this or just compounded by this. Um I love the way that Campo Rinpoche sort of just gently digs at the doctor here uh, and just throughout the throughout the story uh, not all spiders sit on the back he's got a lovely calmness about him and uh, he doesn't even bother to he doesn't do what Kevin Lindsay does he he hasn't even bothered with a uh, an attempt at any sort of uh, Tibetan hue to his uh, accent uh, in in fact, I mean he's he's obviously Scottish, so Canpo um, has obviously come uh, from t t Tibet via. Uh, I can't identify exactly where that Scottish accent is from, but uh, uh, via Edinburgh, shall we say it's not an Edinburgh accent? But ah, um, oh, my guru, if you like. Oh, I think that's very sweet. Um, and it's almost like they had a plan. I don't. I don't think they did when they were writing that bit in the Time Monster that they would that they would sort of tie it back in. But it it, it gives it a pleasing symmetry. Um, and 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 of course gives us a, a thematic through line to give you know to give the Doctor a, a, an ending that is more than just oh you've met a monster that's too hard to defeat. It's it's. Uh, and and you know Pertwee gets a lot of stick for being a bit snooty and a bit establishment, um, and and he is vain. And uh, you know Barry Letts has since said you know that, that Pertwee himself was you know not an unvain person, um, and the the Doctor, you know, is sometimes depending on the actor can be an an extension of of the actor. And Pertwee was not a, a character actor in the same mould as Troughton, although he's extremely versatile. There's things like Wurzel Gummidge proved um but he's, he's he's a bit of a sort of bridge between Troughton and tom baker tom baker is a fantastic actor but you know there's a lot of that doctor that is tom baker um but there's they're all such wonderful charismatic performers aren't they um that's what you need from a doctor somebody who 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 has and and, and pert was not as not as strong a character actor. Oddly, that he can do all those voices, and and as I say, Wurzel is a virtuoso thing. Um, but you don't, you, I don't think you could consider him an, an actor in the same way that Troughton is a 
is a character actor and a sort of chameleon character actor. Um, and that's not to be pejorative about one or the other. I think they're both great. Um, but, I mean, Pertwee is such a singularly... What's it Tom Baker calls him? A tall light bulb. He glitters. Uh, and that's a wonderful face. And I... And I know that. Oh, and I think I I I only discovered relatively recently that this that this flashback, uh, which actually really helps to give us a little bit of welly for the uh, for the finale, was actually was actually chucked in in order to make the episode a bit longer. Um, I haven't double checked. I don't have the scripts for Planet of the Spiders. I wanted to have a look and see. Um, just read the episodes for myself um, but I don't have them um, yeah he's going to go and be very very brave um, he's got a wonderful face hasn't he Pertwee? and he was when he started he'd not really done much drama acting in a television studio you know he'd, he'd I mean if, if at all he'd done a couple of episodes of some other things but I don't think I don't think they were drama um, but he was not used to a television studio. He'd done lots of film, and lots of radio, but and and and, and but but he'd not he'd not acted m that much on television at all before he was Doctor Who. And I know that Sue Upton, who was uh, a production assistant on Silurians, and uh, you know, said that that he was really nervous because he was worried that he didn't have what it took to be an actor, a television actor, because. The comedy voices, the radio stuff—that that is that is that is different. The personality stuff, cabaret review—they take great skill, but they are not the same. So if you know, if he was a bit sort of testy and, and vain, you know, a lot of that stuff can be covering up for. I, I like the way Christopher Burgess slips there; it makes it look very weird, real. Um, probably is real, but it, it just adds to it. Um, uh, but you know. Sometimes a lot of you know tetchiness can be can be covering up one's feeling of inadequacy. Uh, hello, Arakantua, and the, the 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 fringe the fringing around your fringes. Um, it's very hard, isn't it, to uh, to sort of pull off a an exterior of a planet in front of a blue screen. Barry Letts had a lot of faith in. CSO, uh, the famous blue screen of the Actian Galaxy, although he used a lot of yellow, didn't he? Uh, there was a bit of experimenting going on, and experimenting is what makes television improve. Of course it is. Uh, but it means that your if your experiment makes a mess, uh, everybody, you know, everybody sees the results when they come to your lab. If your if your lab is transmitted at five twenty five on a Saturday tea time or whatever, um, everyone can see it. So whereas the television we watch now may well have benefited from Barry Letts going, should we try with yellow and see what happens? Um, and it must be, mustn't it? Because there's so much blue, uh, there's so much blue in the Doctor's costume. I mean, if he was. If he was in front of a blue screen, you'd just see his floating head. Uh, it's not a great episode for Lupton uh, now, because I remember I remember actually being really unimpressed um, with with Lupton because he's only got a couple of scenes in this episode, really, and it's a, it's a shame that the story doesn't really afford him 
because the doctor goes and faces off against the the great one he doesn't really have a proper face off with lupton so so we're about to see lupton um you know get dispatched i love that sort of cussed look the doctor gives uh, as if to go yeah yeah i'm gonna go and face death but you're not gonna see me you're not gonna see me look scared uh Yeah, it's 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 his 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 funny uh, his funny body language doesn't help him here really when he's having to sort of be raging in quite a small set um, and 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 especially when he gets killed and he sort of lowers himself to the ground. It is one of those. Yeah, yeah I don't want to hurt myself, um, but it's not a great it's not a great end. And I, and I think if you'd only seen this episode as I did. Um, you may have thought, you know, I think it would be fair to go, oh, Lupton's, Lupton's not up to much. But actually, he's 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 great in the story uh, and just sort of fades out. There's Mike Yates is fine. Um, no, it, I'm afraid this old body has had it. it. I mean, I think it's totally unconscious, but it's a nice uh, it's a nice little call back to this old body of mine is wearing a bit thin that William Hartnell says. And of course, this is a... Uh, a, 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 a sort of similar throw forward to the idea of the watcher where you know if, if a future aspect of somebody is already manifest i'm not quite sure how it works um that the two of you exist at the same time um maybe if somebody had lent on choji they'd have fallen through him or something but then how did he spin the thing around anyway uh it it it, it works because it's because it's it's part of the 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 theme of regeneration and uh renewal and all of that and i love the way that she's got a charming smile and now we see what would have been my choice of my favorite thing for episode six of planet of the spiders which is maureen morris as the great one i've had the pleasure of interviewing maureen uh i was delighted she uh, agreed to do it because i she's not on the dvd and uh, she's also a, a supporting artist in the Macra Terror, but uh, she's had a very good career. Um, but I think her performance as the great one is excellent. Uh, and, and I think this is all great. It's again, it's a slight shame about the, the fringing around Mini Pertwee when he's got his back to us. But it's it is a it is a I think the great one's a fantastic model. Uh, I, I love all the I love the crystalline uh construction above her uh and and that sort of the, the sort of membrane background and all of that this is this is all lovely and it and it and 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 i mean i you, you're not afforded a great deal of options i think with lighting of stuff like this because he's in front of a screen and uh and and i th i think you'd want to i mean you yeah you'd you you'd want to add to the the atmosphere and the menace and the impending doom with you know lighting that suggested that uh, you know we're on the brink of disaster and 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 that maybe that the, the radiation is ravaging him which means that you pert was having to do it with acting alone and he does an absolutely fantastic job um you know you get the impression that he, this is this is wearing him out a bit which seeing as he's just has to stand in the same place and talk to something that isn't there is a huge achievement so hats off uh, to Pertwee, um, who I don't think, you know, I mean, credit to him for, for having doubts about himself. I always think if you have doubts about yourself, you're a much more interesting performer because, you know, you don't take it for granted. Nothing worse than watching an actor who just thinks they know it all. Um, 
and and I think he was, you know, he was wrong. He's he's uh, he's he's you know he's he's got absolutely what it takes to do studio drama acting, uh, which, as I say, I think we do forget that he'd not he'd not really done before he got cast in a leading role in a famous television program, uh, playing a straight role as well when he was very much known for comedy. Uh, uh, a brilliant piece of casting. Well done for thinking of Pertwee. Uh, and this is, she does this brilliant. I love this whole speech about this me, the great all powerful me. And that is all about ego, isn't it? Which, uh, which Buddhism, you know, is all about not having. It's about, you know, never mind about the you. Uh, although, you know, like I've mentioned alcoholism before, that it, it is a curious mixture of, of, uh, not being about you and yet kind of being about you because you have to you have to spend a lot of time thinking and within your own company in order to realize and behave as if as how important how unimportant you are um yep you can go and be in the nescafe commercials gareth hunt and ray farlis you can go and be uh in quatermass and stand for the green party and not reply to my letters, but that's okay. Um, a little bit of uh, Christopher Burgess had to do a little bit. Of, uh, that, now, in the book, when the spiders fall off their backs, uh, I think one of them, if not all, they start to weep. And that's something that Terence Dix adds. Very good mountain explosion here. But Terence Dix sometimes just adds little grace notes that uh, in the book that just... Well, he, I mean, some he tidies up you know very quickly just adds a few lines to go you know that plot bit that's hanging i'm going to sort that out now but i i remember i'm sure the men start to weep which i think you know ties in very much with you know they're all damaged people who've come to be healed um it's it's actually rather sad for them that we don't we don't see them getting the the peace that they went for um but yes, Andrew Staines, who's the tall, uh, bald one with the moustache, Kiva, um, was Barry Letts's nephew. Um, although, you know, not, not too much of a difference in age. Um, but uh, he was the son of uh, Barry Letts's sister, the actress Pauline Letts, which I didn't know, actually, until I, until I, until I interviewed uh, Andrew, who was introduced to me by Terence Lodge, who's the little one who plays... Uh, Moss, Mr. Moss. Uh, so uh, t Terry and Andrew uh, kept in touch, uh, and uh, and I and, and I went for I went for lunch with them both. I'd already interviewed Terry, and then went with uh, Andrew. I have Andrew. In fact, I have a drawing of Andrew's. I mentioned this in Terror of the Autons because Andrew played Googe, the guy who gets sh shrunk uh, and put in the lunchbox, and he sketched Roger Delgado learning his lines and. Uh, I now have that sketch, which Andrew kindly gave to me, uh, which I treasure. And Andrew, sadly, is is no longer with us. Uh, so, yeah, I had to face my fear. Oh, he's. Oh, it's and and you you really feel actually in this episode that you know the build up right through it that he's you know he making him do something that actually wasn't just brave it's, it's, it's almost the bravest of all because he's facing what is it you fear um 
but his 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 fear was to do with you know a mistake that he had made and to confront his own shortcomings and a lot of bad things that we do as as a are as a refusal to not there's nothing worse you know you've seen people overreact when you sort of know and i've done it you know where somebody perhaps says something that makes me feel bad about myself because i sort of know that it's true and they fit upon a shortcoming you know you defend yourself even more so to actually lay yourself open to to facing you know something that is at the heart of your own fault and this is what you know the, the doctor faces the, the 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 fact that his own thirst for knowledge is his downfall his greed um is not just facing a mortal enemy and a cave full of radiation it's facing his own weakness um and that you know ties in with all of barry Letts's thematic stuff but also means it's 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 you know it's big news for the character it's more than just facing down another bad guy it's facing a mirror image of your own faults which we don't like doing so i, I that speaks to me much more as i get older uh uh and there's a there's an uh, there's an admirable amount of comedy in this i mean the doctors just died and we had sarah do that brilliant thing of this is the abbot of and the choji i think which she does superbly but you know this is all going on the doctors the doctors died and the doctor dies on a joke well there's life there's i mean how brave is that because this is this is really sad but they've got the comp but they're not sending it up but it's it's so good that they can have the jokes without in any way taking away from the impact that we're losing the leading man uh and and he's died and we've had a load of dialogue um and and now and i'm I, i'm afraid i do remember being a bit disappointed by this because you know the first regeneration i saw was was tom baker into peter davison which takes several stages whereas this is just a fade from john pertwee to somebody who doesn't really look like tom baker as as we know him in the show uh he doesn't get a credit either does he um but of course, that's a fine, a fine episode of Doctor Who, and I did it no favors in the way that I, I chose to watch it uh, the first time, watching episode six on its own, uh, with all of its characters and sets and things all, all, all quite new to me, um, and and in isolation or at the end of their journey, perhaps not as, uh, you know, context is all, isn't it? And the journey is all, and. Uh, you know, you don't you don't appreciate the journey if you only join it at the at the very end. So I I, I definitely have a renewed uh, admiration for Planet of the Spiders. So I hope that those of you that started this with me when I said, you know, oh, I'm not a great fan of this, and we're like, oh, come on, Toby, this is one of my favourites because a few you know a few people said, you know, going into this, this is you know this is I love Pertwin, I I love the way he goes out. I'm not, and I never lie on these. You know, I'm not, I'm not contriving things to like about these the stories if i don't i struggled with a couple i, I you know I, I have struggled on occasion time lash two uh p p particularly you know if, if it's one i and sometimes it's just because i'm not in the right mood as well so you know you, you get what i'm giving you but it's honestly always honest uh i've really enjoyed planet of the spiders uh, i've really enjoyed having annie's company as well i've actually enjoyed being able to bring some of the the, the uh, patron feedback as well because um, it's a bit like a conversation isn't it then rather than a stumbly monologue full of boring facts about actors and dreadful 
name dropping from me. What names do you drop, Toby? Oh, usually those near the bottom of the credits. My, what a life you've lived. Uh, and also uh, choosing my favourite things. Now, I have to choose a favourite thing about episode six and a bonus favourite thing. Oh, well, I suppose my favourite, I mean, I'd love to have chosen the great one, but Annie already chose that for episode five. So, well, I have to choose the the, the manner of John Pertwee's end and John Pertwee himself. Um, and I suppose I could choose one of those as my thing for episode six and one of those things as my bonus. But it seems to me that the... the the Venn diagram crosses over a little bit too much. Um, it's a lovely end for Pertwee. Um, you know, the, the fact that they've had the boldness to go for a, a, an end that's not only dramatic, but thematic. Um, it, it, it has something to say. It has something to say about him and indeed some of the criticisms that could be levelled about at his doctor. Uh, they actually make part of the story. Um, and I actually never mind that Pertwee's a bit pompous because it tends... It tends, it tends to be rude to people who deserve it, apart from his companions, who he's sometimes awful to. But but it's because he is... Yeah, I don't know. He just kind of gets it. In the same way that he gets away with a frilly shirt, he kind of gets away with being a bit pompous. I don't know why. Um, perhaps, perhaps he just... He, 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 perhaps it's just the authority with which he does it. I don't know. He gets away with it. He He... He does things that if other people did, I would find extremely punchable. But he, I don't know. He's John Pertwee. He's the tall light bulb. Uh, um, and I think, it, you know, if, you, if he, he was there for five years. And I think that's, uh, as I say, I, I, I think I'd have probably hoped for a, a, a more ambitious effect for the regeneration than a fade from one to the other. But that's because hindsight is always 2020 and with better special effects uh and what would they have done and that would probably have dated anyway um but it's not about the change it's about it's about the cause of the change it's about the fact that they have the audacity to end it on a joke and it kind of works um and that pertwee acts it so well and the pertwee that we know is a bit nervous about his straight acting and he proves he can do it and you really feel that he's been through the mill uh, and I love that line, the TARDIS brought me home. Oh, does that not bring a tear to your eye? I know the Doctor is a wanderer in space and time, but John Pertwee's Doctor, even though his freedom has been returned to him, home is where he, he yeah, it would have been wrong if he'd regenerated anywhere other than the floor of his lab. And, you know, we know that unit is going to go and be a thing of the past, so... It just seems whatever you think about him being exiled. But again, of course, if I started watching at the time, the idea that Doctor Who doesn't travel in space and time and you're taking away the very concept of what Doctor Who is by exiling him into Earth. And even that producer, Barry Letts and his script editor, Terence Dix, when they inherited that idea, said, we don't like that idea, but they still persevered with it for a couple of years because you kind of have to. And they and the TARDIS brought me home. Don't you just love that? I love that. I love that. And the fact that he lies with his leg up because he, he couldn't straighten his leg because that would have done his back in because he had a bad back. Uh, I think that's the thing. So, you know, there's there's even a reason why he lies in that particular way. Uh, but he really looks like he's been through it. And I think it is a, 
an apt end for a fine doctor. So my thing for episode six, I guess, is John Pertwee and uh, the regeneration. So then what's my overall thing? Uh, well, I think because he writes, produces, directs, and indeed stars in <laughs> Vocal Cameo Episode 2. And it's not often I would think or get to choose a producer. And perhaps I can't choose the producer even though he does all of those things that I said. So that's a, a unique contribution from him. But I don't think I can choose this producer without invoking his script editor too because they were such a team and they stand astride the Pertwee and I know that uh, you know they do the handover and and you can you know their their DNA is all over robot but this is really the uh, the rounding off of their era and even though it 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 is clobbered occasionally by some of the shortcomings of the era and over reliance on CSO uh, the the occasional aptitude for for whole chunks of that that are kind of unnecessary um you know so the, the pertwee era i don't think as 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 strong guest performances as a as a matter of course as as i think the other the other eras because the money has gone on on hardware rather than cast i think there aren't particularly big names it's more it's more your sort of tv character actors flitting in and out i think i think more so perhaps than any other era which is not a bad policy because the tv character is a character actor is a marvelous thing and i love seeing actors like bernard Kay and john abenary and uh, uh um uh, edwin richfield you know getting top top guest billing uh in 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 stories in the pertwee era uh whereas you know in in other era, eras you 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 have you know film actors or you know highly acclaimed stage performers or whatever um but nonetheless despite all of those what could be seen as shortcomings or compromises or whatever of of the the per we era that are, that are all in that are all in planet of the spiders and i still don't know whether i think john dearth is great or i'm being very charitable but that at least means he's interesting hey uh, and again i salute barry Letts's decency for going you know um there's a stigma attached to this man but nonetheless i will uh i will put him front and center i i find that admirable um and i know about that stigma um i i think my bonus thing because you know i've just brought up various shortcuts but because the story also exemplifies everything that is great about the Pertwee era, uh, a gameness of vitality, a thoughtfulness, a spiritualism, uh, a, 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 you know, the, the, the clever way of channeling something that will scare children, but in a, in a wholly containable way. Um, that the, the homage that much of this story is to the, the era that has preceded it, whether it's, you know, 
casting a load of actors that have already been in it before so it's like a you know it's like a sort of end of term review in a way and i think that's nice that's a bit of loyalty as well but it's always nice to see faces that you recognize too um pertwee's love of gadgets and vehicles is present and correct the the the, the brilliance of the central casting uh of, of pertwee and the, the fab fabulous elizabeth sladen who are a great team uh, you know, Nicholas Courtney being all present and correct. Benton being there. I wish he'd been back for the final episode. Yates and, and the, the ending of his story, because, of course, he was, you know, supporting military character guy. But he actually gets a he gets an arc. He gets a bit of development. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's a celebration, isn't it, of. The Pertwee era and everything that Terence Dix and Barry Letts achieved and they transformed the show i love season seven uh i think it's absolutely fantastic but they inherited a show that was not really what they wanted to do uh and created very much their own image of doctor who and it's one that's endured and it's one that's hugely popular uh with great swathes of fandom and as i say i'm not i've not always got on with um but i'm i'm finding absolutely a hundred percent comfort doctor who and i'm really re -enjo enjoying sort of re-engaging and better engaging with this era uh, era as a result of this process i think the last ones of the pertwee i've done i've did sea devils which i always liked and absolutely adored this time around curse of peladon which i've always thought was fine and really really enjoyed so i i think and I, i'd always loved inferno um uh so look uh i mean i'm Looking every time I get to a Pertwee, I'm thinking, oh, I think this is going to be a really positive experience for me. Uh, so I hope it is for you. Uh, and, and that's as a result of, uh, you know, those two titans of Doctor Who, who were also, I have to say, thoroughly nice men, thoroughly decent men. Uh, and I had the pleasure of meeting and working with them both on many an occasion. And I, it, it's very sad that... Uh, they're no longer with us, but I'm I'm flattered and grateful that uh, that I got to be in their orbit. So my bonus thing is the uh, the 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 twin talents of Barry Letts and Terence Dix, uh, whose mark can be felt on that episode, but you know throughout the previous few years. So John Pertwee and his regeneration, and Terence Dix and Barry Letts are my things for episode six well Pertwee and the Regeneration is my thing for episode six Terence Dix and Barry Letts are my bonus Annie Wallace over to you so we get on to part six now part six is all about um the resolution of the story the notion that the doctor knows that the only way he's going to stop this is to take the crystal which is what really is going on here. The Doctor's Metabilis III crystal is what the Great One wants to complete the network of lattice above her to amplify her brain to exponential ways. Unfortunately, it has a... I think it creates a sonic loop or something like that, and it's it essentially destroys her. But at this particular moment, everything is coming together. The, uh, the members of the... Um, meditation center have by all this time <coughs> excuse me 
The members of the meditation centre have all got spiders hanging on their backs, channeling power through them uh, to, to, to get this crystal. But the doctor is the one who has to do it, and he knows he has to do it. So he takes the crystal to the Great One. It floats up into its final little position, and then... Well, all hell breaks loose because the spiders are all mentally linked. Uh, it's essentially they all implode, they all go insane and they all die. Yay! But the crystals have a side effect, which is they're full of radiation. And the doctor's body is so riddled with it by going into the Great One's cave that his cells are destroyed. And this is what pushes him into a regeneration, aided by a handy Time Lord who is posing as a the... Uh, Tibetan leader of the of the meditation centre, who is of course fabulous, um, the fabulous Kampo Rinpoche, also known as Choji. And uh, what Choji does is is kind of accelerate the regeneration procedure so that the doctor isn't in too much pain; it doesn't take too long. And there we are; he's lying on the floor, and his final words, you know, tears, Sarah Jane, where there's life, there's. And he's gone. But what's happening? Oh, my God, this is it. This is the moment. This is it. It's regeneration time. And slowly the face changes. Face changes and there's a stranger there with dark hair and a big nose. And who is he? Oh, my God. And, yeah, that's that's a big moment. And, of course, we have to wait another year to finally see the... Um, there's the cat. We have to finally see the uh, Tom Baker season, which his as a first season, was outstanding. So there's my waffle. The next thing, of course, is the bonus thing. What would I have as the bonus? I'm going to actually choose the spiders hanging off people's backs. I think that was quite a profound image for me as well. Seeing this, um, the, the, the spiders, and it kind of, they, they, they came to life on this mandala, um, or rather, they were transported on this mandala, and then it would be there, and it would kind of, it would kind of pulse for a second, and then it would leap onto the person's back, and then it would cloak itself, it would disappear. But it's now controlling its human puppet, and it can control, like, what, what I suppose now you'd call force lightning um, through the fingertips, and that can knock people out, or it can kill them. So... Um, quite resonant also of Turn Left um, when this horrible beetle was hanging on the back of Donna um, about what, 12 years ago or thereabouts. I'm really bad with that. But yes, similar idea of having a creature on your back. So the spiders were a big deal to me. I would love one of those in my house. Do you know what? I'd stick it up on the wall to scare everyone that came in the house, you know, because they were beautifully made. They looked really good in terms of sculpting. Um, and I think that made a difference. The movement wasn't fantastic. Except I remember seeing, I don't know what it was, what program it was. But what they'd done is, they'd put like a clockwork mechanism in one of them, I think. And some of the legs moved so that they could wind it up. And it would roll across the studio floor. And the legs would go... And that was really effective. Really effective and, yeah, creepy. So there you go. There you go. There's all my stuff to do with Planet of the Spiders, which now I've spoken about it. I've got to go and rewatch it now, but that's all right because I've got the discs. I'm a big disc buyer. In fact, I've just bought, she said, 
I just bought this one. Look. Yes, it's the Blu-ray set of season eight, which was Joe Grant's first season with the master. Yes, it's that funny season where the master is in every episode, every story, which is a little implausible, but it was very exciting for me because this here was my first season. So 1970, was it 72 or 71? You know something, I can't even remember. But it was brilliant. And I haven't even watched this yet. So there you go. So, um, yeah, please do buy discs because we we want them to keep putting this beautiful packages out. Terror, um, uh, Terror of the Odds. Planet of the Spiders. Do watch it. Do enjoy it. So what am I up to after this? Well, I'm really busy at work at the moment because we've got some big stuff coming up. Sally's been quiet for a while in old Hollyoaks. And, um, yeah, being busy doing some good storylines which i'm sure you're going to see this summer and it's exciting obviously this year we are coming out of lockdown hopefully coming out of covid's uh, biggest nightmare um i've had me my jab i hope everyone else over a certain age is going to be able to get it as well and then we can move on and we can start having fun and we can start meeting and having conventions and little meetups and pubs like like warp does at uh, the britain's protection every month which i go to um and that's it, really. I hope you're going to have a lovely year and um, a wonderful summer and much better than we have had this time. So that's about it for me for uh, Planet of the Spiders. And uh, I kind of over to you, Toby, really. I mean, you're the one who's going to have to, to do all this. So uh, I hope this is good. OK, take care. Lovely to see you. Bye bye. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Annie, uh, who was talking of a future that is now in the past. But that is my fault, not Annie's. Because um, I asked everyone to sort of do this at the same time. And then obviously people send their videos and audios uh, whenever. But it means that some people uh, then languish in the archives of uh, Haydoke Towers uh, until it's time for another Pertwee to come round. Uh, and I try and mix up the stories so that uh, n n none that are too similar follow each other and all of that. So um, Annie wasn't to know that uh, by the time it went out, the saddest storylines of and the summer and the emergence from lockdown have all been and gone. But uh, Annie continues to shine in Hollyoaks uh, and is on Twitter at Annie Wallace. And, uh, uh, but we haven't actually seen each other in the flesh since before the pandemic so this is a lovely way to sort of connect with people even if i just see their faces staring out of my computer and uh if you're just listening to the audio of this because i say this a lot the podcasts are currently my priority because they're easy to put together i do have video versions that will i suppose go out at some point uh, and thanks to people like annie who've recorded videos um for that purpose but at the moment, uh, it's easier for me to get the podcasts out and I do have to do other things. So uh, the videos are on the back burner. Um, but uh, Annie did boost the season eight box set. She has it. So uh, she really is one of us. And the Britain's Protection that she referred to there is a pub in Manchester. Uh, so, you know, if you want to avail yourself of uh, a monthly meet where... Uh, uh, one of the stars of Hollyoaks is there indulging in Doctor Who flavoured geekery. Then, well, that was a plug for that. Um, so thanks, Annie. Now, Annie chose... I don't quite know what Annie chose for episode six. We had a very enthusiastic synopsis. I suppose it was the 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 build-up to the Doctor's regeneration, wasn't it? Um, 
But um, she didn't actually specify which element it was, but I, I assume it's that. So I suppose I might kind of get a point for that. And I, I was tempted to choose, well, one, the spiders. I think it was Boris the spider, wasn't it, that uh, that Matt Irvin sort of showcased, which was the, uh, the, the, the one with the mechanism within it who i think we could have seen a bit more of actually in in the story i think i didn't go for the spiders because i think they're compromised a bit by cso and i think the that that um i mean their death their death scene isn't great is it where they're all sort of upside down uh and they've just been sort of chucked about um but i think the spiders are generally pretty successful and i think the the queen on sarah's back is amazing and i, and I think the image of the spider on the back is a compelling image uh, and of course, it allows for that wonderful uh, line of Campos about not all spiders sit on the back and they become a metaphor as well. But it's a great image. And it's, of course, then they go invisible so the, the people can can then walk around and sit on chairs, um, <laughs> but uh, but without having to have, have the spiders on the whole time. But they're there and the audience know that they're there. And I think that that really is an affecting image. And, and the great ones, fantastic Um and uh, yes, yeah, some some of the times when they move the good, they are, but they are occasionally hampered by dodgy CSO. Um, so I could easily have chosen the spiders, and particularly the image of the spider on the back, especially as that's on the cover of the of the Target novel uh, with Sarah with her beautiful stripy costume, which is a I love that that whole combination of Sarah that haircut of hers and the spider on the back on that costume is a is 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 a great visual for me because i love sarah and 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 yeah that image is a striking one from my childhood but instead i went for the people and i make no no apologies for that i mean i was never gonna i, I never win these things and um i mean you know what is in in, in the story when 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 everything is new how can anything be a surprise yeah but also when you always fail that's not a that's 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 not a surprise either and i'm used to those sorts of surprises in life of uh, of, of never quite prospering um it's so so it's, it's never a surprise anymore when things don't turn out my way ha <laughs> um but i had to choose barrynets and terence sticks i had to uh and i had to choose pertwee and his regeneration um and I suppose that that Annie chose the great one in episode five. I would have definitely chosen the great one for episode six. Then probably put in his regeneration as my bonus, and I wouldn't have had a chance to acknowledge Barry Letts and Terence Sticks. But it is it is all about the people, isn't it? Uh, and it's all about well, it's all about those those gurus, isn't it? About those those wide old men who uh, taught us to look at the world in a different way. Yeah, I don't think I can say it any better than that. Thanks for listening, and I hope you're in a happy time and place. Thanks ever so much for listening to Happy Times and Places, which is presented by me, Toby Haydoke. My special guest for Planet of the Spiders was Hollyoak star Annie Wallace, who can be found on Twitter at Annie Wallace. I'm grateful to Annie and to the patrons who make these podcasts possible, and they include Ruben Herfindahl, Stephen Moffat, not that one, Peter Burns, Chris Bone, Peter Harness, that one, Ronald Hayden, Rob Leonard, Christopher Meredith, Richard Straw, Neil Tate, Nick Tedston, Tim Arding, Chris Arkell, David, Nigel Bromley, Jenny at Blue Box 99, Paul Cook, Richard Chalk, Peter Crocker, Rob Dawson, John Deere, Chris Dunford-Kelk, Paul Dunn, Jason Gorman, Siobhan Galichon, Chris Hyam, Ian Key, Joe Llewellyn, Ian K. McLachlan, Gavin McLean, Nathan Martin, Rick Moran, Graham Knott, Adam Parker, Barry Platt, 
Risto Matisarillo, Frank Shales and David Trainier. The music is by Dave Gates and the artwork by Dylan Patterson. Uh, if you would like to join that list of names, and I read out Ian K. McLachlan's name, uh, he's still on my patrons list, although sadly he passed away last month. But I think I might I might still throw him in there, a bit like, um, what was the name of the actor? Sidney uh, in, uh, in uh, Cagney and Lacey, uh, who, uh, who died you know, a couple of seasons in, but stayed on the credits right up till the end of the show as a mark of respect and... Uh, I was a great respecter of Sidney Clute. I was a great respecter of uh, Ian K. McLachlan and very grateful for his patronage. So he's going to stay on the list of names of people I occasionally read out. If you are a patron, you get your name read out. Uh, The frequency depends on the level of patron that you are. But most things are available at the lowest tier of patronage, which is £3 per month. Uh, and you get 10% off that and indeed off any of the higher tiers if you sign up for a year in one go in advance. Uh, but yeah, you don't just get your name read out with increasing frequency, depending on uh, your tier level. You also get at entry point at the lowest tier, you get bonus material, advance releases. They will have listened to this burble six months earlier than you if you're just getting it on iTunes or Podbean or Spotify or any of those on the Toby Haydock's time travel feed. They get this on a special patron page uh, that also has uh, an exclusive podcast called Far Too Much Information, which uh, adds even more arcana Uh, to the too much information strand which you will also get earlier not six months earlier but you also get a month six weeks earlier uh, than uh, than everybody else if you're a patron and ditto the indefinable magics so you get early stuff uh, you get exclusive stuff you get interviews that I've got kicking around with people or brand new ones that I've done with Doctor Who people and a monthly AMA and various other things. If you don't want to tie in to an obligation, though, you can go to ko-fi.com forward slash Toby Haydock to support these in just a one-off manner. I've also heard from Rick Moran, who said, I love this story. The third Doctor went out on a high. I've not always loved this story, Rick, as you heard, but I very much enjoyed it this time around. And if you enjoy these podcasts, please go to iTunes or to Podbean or Spotify and give them a five-star rating and a few nice lines of review. That really helps to get the word out about them. Thank you. Oh, it's so much that I I wonder, I hope I don't seem uh, like somebody who's a bit too lovey-dovey. I mean, I'm probably a bit lovey. I don't mind that. I actually don't mind that. Uh, There are worse things to be than uh, slightly theatrical. (laughs) Um, But I I do much more enjoy the process of looking for the good things in a a story. I've always been so angry with Planet of the Spiders. Uh, It was a story I hated. I couldn't believe what a letdown it was. And and looking at it objectively, you know, it is it is wayward. Uh, You know, Metabilis 3, I think, is a is a is a bit of a stinker. But, um, uh, you know, I I, I think sometimes you can fail to see the wood for the blue trees uh, and that much that surrounds that uh, is is very, very impressive. I mean, you know, most of the stuff on Earth is great. 
Um, I don't think I talked about the spiders enough in those six episodes. I think they're really good. And I do remember Matt Irvin. There's, a, there's an article in Doctor Who magazine, isn't there, where he's introducing Boris the spider and uh, Matt, who was always the sort of spokesperson for the uh, visual effects department. Um, he was their designated representative. Uh, um, you know, I think he always talked very fondly of, uh, of, of Boris the spider. Um, but they are, you know, there is there is something creepy about spiders uh so listen um i hope you're all doing very well and uh things are getting a bit tricky out there aren't they in the real world uh train fares have gone up electricity bills going up um uh, brit as i record this liz truss is about to become prime minister of the united kingdom and i think whatever your political persuasion I think you'll, it might be proof that scientists need to look again as to whether cream rises to the top or not. Uh, but anyway, it's a funny old it's a funny old world at the moment, and funny as in oh crikey, um, are, are we in for are we in for a sticky time over the next couple of years? And we might well be. Um, so I think the only way to beat the dark is to um, you know, as I say, try and try and. Be united by our joy for Doctor Who. Sometimes having a shared a shared interest in something can be a nice thing when everything falls apart a little bit. So I hope everyone's doing okay out there, and uh, uh, and that uh, you know this silly old show of ours could put a smile on our faces, even as uh, everything falls apart. And who you know, if things really go to pot, we could all just uh, we could all just drop out and go to a Buddhist retreat. I mean. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? <laughs>